Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, it's season 3, episode 4, and it's an absolute privilege to bring the show to you, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Now if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Alright, so what we're going to do is we're going to be starting off uh, with the small ball game, onto the pitch. And we're going to talk a little bit of cricket. And let's start it off with the team that is absolutely smoking hot. Uh, They are undefeated in many, many formats. So let's dive in and talk a little bit of Western Warriors. And WA, after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield. And that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best. All right, let's chat a bit of Western Warriors. And I tell you what, it was a spicy deck at the Wacker as they initially bowled out Queensland for 211. We're going back to the Sheffield Shield game that we first discussed, uh, uh, the wrap from day one, uh, at the end of day one in last week's episode. So let's bring you the uh, results and how it all panned out. So as I said, they bowled out Queensland for 211, but then themselves, they succumbed to 115 with three ducks and three singles digit scores in that first innings. Aaron Hardy and Joel Paris, that was the saviors from it being a true embarrassment and a horror show, uh, with Hardy getting 44 and Joel Paris getting 26. And they also respectively returned three for three. Well, they returned them from three for three and six for 29 at stages during that first innings. So it could have been even worse than what it already was. Then the game got turned on its absolute head yet again with the Warriors bowling out the Bulls for 97, all on the back of 4 for 26 from Lance Morris, and 3 for 15 from Joel Paris with an economy rate of 1.36. And after they lost their first wicket, uh, the Bulls actually were only 1 for 39, but they ended up losing after that, 9 for 58. And in an unlikely and difficult run chase, they managed to hang on with Hilton Cartwright hitting 69 when the top order failed as they fell to 3 for 9 and 4 for 24, and also adding this Aaron Hardy's 70, got them over the line to win by three wickets in a terrific come from behind win when they were really on the ropes. And as a result, they've actually jumped to top of the table after being the only team to have played three games and snagged two wins, and they sit 5.8 points ahead of Queensland. Now onto the Marsh Cup in their Marsh One Day Cup game Against Queensland, boy, it was a tight finish. Uh, They won by five runs and all of that on the back of a staunch and valiant effort. You have to give credit where it's due from the uh, Queensland Bulls, Matt Renshaw. He was just superb. Uh, The Warriors, they found themselves and got them to 236 in their batting innings on the back of Josh Philippe's 73 and some middle and lower order runs from Hilton Cartwright's 41 and Matt Kelly's 43. Uh, And actually, Matt Kelly backed it up Backed it up with a ball with 3 for 34 uh, with 3.52 economy rate. Whilst Jason Berendorf got 3 for 41 from his 10 overs. And actually, they did have the balls at 3 for 14 at one stage and even 6 for 116. But then with 4 overs remaining, the balls had to get 27. And they got the last wicket, a run out with 2 balls to spare. Just, just survived by the barest of margins and by the skin of their teeth and i just actually only listening recently this afternoon just before we started recording uh 
uh, kept my ears open to a chat with Jason Berendorf on 91.3 Sport FM, and he said the deck was moving around a hell of a lot. Whereas normally Josh Philippi, uh, his strike rates in the 110 to 120 range, uh, he was he was down to about 70 or, or 80. But it was the innings that he needed to uh, to make because uh, pretty much Queensland couldn't bowl straight because basically everything that was bowling was moving left, right, short, and everything in between. So they were just bowling remarkably well and keeping our batsmen very much on their toes most of the innings until the ball started to get soft. But as a result of that win, the Warriors remain undefeated in the competition and they're at the top of the table and are now four points clear of South Australia with a terrific net run rate. So we'll see where they end up next. And speaking of the devil, let's check in with our Flash Score, um, our favourite app that gives us, of course, everything that we could want from our W. WA domestic sporting teams and all the fixtures that are coming up. So let's see when and where the next match is. And they actually play a South Australian Sheffield Shield match uh, at the Wacker starting at 10.30. So Friday the 11th of the 11th. So tune in for that and let's see if they can get another win. And they are just sitting superbly in both the one day and the Sheffield Shield Marsh competitions. I'll leave it there for now. And uh, let's actually chat a little bit of round ball game. Let's hit the pitch and let's talk some glory. Right, just before we talk a little bit of on-field action, in the lead-up to the game versus uh, Melbourne City at Amy Park, similar to up in Gosford, it's actually been a happy hunting ground for the most part and nothing to be afraid of. For when they've actually played them in their last 20 times, they've got the chocolates in seven of them, eight have ended up in a draw, and the hosts, Melbourne City, they've actually only won five of those recent outings. And in their last 11 visits, the Glory only lost once. So it was a good omen going into the game. We'll get to the game very soon. However, we have to acknowledge goalkeeper and evergreen Liam Reddy. He played his 150th game for the club on the weekend. Just the second player to do that behind uh, current recruiting uh, guru, Andy Keogh. And just quickly on that, he's one of only eight players who have played more than 400 games games across the NSL and the A-League. His 90 clean sheets is an A-League record and he's talked up more than 31,000 on-field minutes in debuting for the Newcastle Jets in round one of the competition's inaugural season in 2005-2006. On the pitch, though, they had their worst outing of the season, uh, being handed a 4-0 loss at the hands of Melbourne City, and in particular, Jamie McLaren. All of this after keeping them at bay for a half before the floodgates opened, and just seemed to be that after mutually parting ways with Bruno Fornaroli, the main and key strike weapon, and highest-paid player, a lot falls to Giordano, Coley, and Stefan Kolakowski, especially after losing Aaron McInerney before the game due to a bug. And they only had 37 possession, 37% possession as a result of this, and here's the damning stat. Only one up against Melbourne City's 19 shots on goal. That was damning. That says it all. It sums up the game right there. Add to this zero shots on target, and only two versus 16 crosses created, uh, they're just sort of giving up the ball as well with only a 79% passing accuracy, which is actually quite low for a soccer game. They now have a month off, whilst players will have a bit of time to refresh and spend, uh, spend some home comforts with their families. It will be a great opportunity to reset, realign themselves before a string of home games coming off five away games. 
and a result of one win and four losses actually has them sitting second last on the table. Uh, they next will play bottom of the table, Western United, on Saturday, December 10 at Macedonia Park in a must-win to restart their season. So not too many positives uh, to take from that last game. They actually started the season, those last four games, okay, not too bad at all. Losing, oh, I guess, mutually, uh, moving moving in different directions uh, in regards to the Perth Glory Football Club and Bruno Froli. Fornaroli is a huge loss. Um, we probably won't know the full effects uh, and, until later on during the season. And uh, he, of course, has uh, already been signed and picked up by his former coach at the Perth Glory, uh, Tony Popovich, at the Melbourne Victory. So hopefully it's not going to come back to haunt us when we eventually face uh, the Big V. But we'll leave it there for the glory. And let's now talk a little bit of Perth Lynx. Atlanta putting on a run. And Sammy Wickham left alone on the outside. Bad news for Atlanta. I mean, she is just on fire tonight. Bringing up the next. Wickham, no hesitation. Fires off and why not? Yes, the All Perth right, Lynx well, took to the court. Uh, in, well, should we say it, not the way that they wish they would have had their season start. They lost their opening game and they got whacked in the process. They lost the last three quarters by 8, 5 and 7. They actually shot better at 3 point, uh, 40% up against uh, the Melbourne Boomers, 35%. And whilst the field goal percentage wasn't too far off, the key stat was 13 more turnovers to the links. And this is on the back of 8 more steals from the Boomers, with all that turning into 11 more field goals made from Melbourne. Uh, Sammy was back to her best. We're talking about captain Sammy Wickham. Uh, she dominated with 30 points and 7 rebounds. And Lauren Scherf picked up where she left off last season with 17 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, whilst University of Hawaii recruit Amy Atwell hit 14 points and had 4 rebounds. Even though they didn't have on their roster from last season their star imports in Marina Mabry, Jackie Young, also Opal Darcy Garvin, who's playing in Europe. In fact, I think all three of them have moved over to Europe. Melbourne were missing their imports as well, and they had a new coach to adjust to. So it's no excuses. Um, Melbourne were just as much rebounding from who they lost as to who they've got in, uh, just as much as Perth were, so they just weren't good enough. They were hoping to rebound quickly on Saturday, but it wasn't to be, as they lost to Bendigo in another heavy defeat, 66-85. to So now two losses on the trot to start their season, and not close losses either. Uh, despite a comeback in the third term, they lost the second and last terms, 55-32. to 32. And in particular, they lost the second by 15 points. Uh, he just couldn't fight back into the game from that. And it was mainly on the back of shooting at 18% from the three-point line, uh, up against Bendigo's 41%. They also had 11 more turnovers yet again. Uh, he got to look after the ball. I guess maybe that will come down to that cohesion with getting used to and knowing one another. One positive was they won the rebound count plus nine. That actually included six, uh, having six more offensive rebounds, but they couldn't generate or turn it into more points on the board and scoreboard pressure. Our new recruit, Chloe Bibby, she was unreal. She had 28 points. Alex Sharp, she had 11 points and 12 rebounds. A nice double-double there. Uh, Lauren Scherf. Uh, had 11 rebounds, 4 assists, but weirdly, coming off 30 points in their previous game, Captain Sammy Whitcomb was shut down for 4 points and 5 rebounds. Very unlike Sammy at all. Uh, they next played Canberra on Saturday, and they should be desperate for a W to try to get out 
out from the bottom two of the ladder. So just the worst possible way that you want to start your season, that's what happened. They were shocking. So all you can do is look forward, move ahead, and see if they can bounce back, find that cohesion, find that, uh, I think that uh, they've got enough scoring power there, although 66 is obviously quite a low score in, in their first game. Uh, but, you know, in, in their second game, they certainly got enough points on the board. They just weren't able to defend. So that was the problem. So looking forward to touching base with them next week. Uh, let's stay with the bouncy ball on the court. Uh, but let's now talk a little bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss. Listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Oh no. Just going all the way back to last Monday when uh, we gave you a live sort of breakdown and update of that uh, loss that they had against Melbourne United with that four-game losing streak they had after that loss. It was the first time it happened since 2018. Such is the success that that they've had. And just going back a little bit more to their uh, to the game against Tasmania only just recently, with five minutes remaining in the third term, the Cats only trailed 39-32. But then across the next 13 minutes of play, they got killed 41-18 and gave up 15 of 24 shooting to the JJs. And for Bryce Cotton, he was kept to six scoring attempts, the second fewest he's taken in his NBL career, and was also forced into five turnovers. So the question is, did they learn and can they turn around and in fact their entire season? Nope, they did not. They lost 77 to 85 at yet another home game to Tasmania. It was the second half where they got overrun by 10. And with the Cats only shooting at 33%, up against Tasmania's 48%, they also had 20 more free throws, but only shot at 74%. But the key stat for mine was losing the rebounds by 16. And more glaringly, they lost the offensive rebounds by 10. They gave Tasmania many, many second chance opportunities, and they made it count. And this is all with only conceding four turnovers across the whole game, which was the same as the jack jumper. So, like, to lose by eight points, only giving the ball away four times, the complete opposite of what the Lynx have been doing, but just the rebound count is where it was won and lost. BC, he was unreal, Bryce Cotton. 26 points, five rebounds, six assists. But here's what I'm worried about. Corey Webster, one point from 22 minutes. Luke Travers, six points from 26 minutes. And Toddy Blanchfield, three points from 21 minutes. They're three of your main lethal and potent scorers, and they're just not doing it. You're getting, what, 10 points from them. I'm not saying Travers is your main dude, but he can get 10 to 12 points on any given night. So... That was five losses in a row, and uh, it was it had been 578 games all the way back in 2005. Has it been since they lost five on the trot? And going into the game against Adelaide, they actually hadn't lost six in a row since. And hear this, ladies and gentlemen, since December 1993. But thankfully, it didn't happen as they got back in the winners' circle with a victory against the talent-laden Adelaide 36ers, 94 to 89. 
for mine. It was a truly impressive win uh, with contributors all across the board, mainly from under-the-pump import Brady Manic, as he racked up 25 points from 22 minutes on the back of six of eight three-pointers. But add to this, Corey Webster, he had 18 points, six of six free throws. Bryce Cotton had 15 points and five assists, but that's what you want if he's only just getting 15 points and everyone else is contributing uh all the other points around. Deshaun Thomas had 12 points, nine rebounds, and four assists. So they won the game, and the key stat was nine plus assists, thus moving the ball and making good shots, getting players in good positions. The rebound count was even in another positive, and their bench came up massively, 51 to 29. Now the game itself, it was a seesawing affair with the first two quarters cancelling each other out. And even in the last term, it took them right until the end to get to get on top and have a plus six win in the final turn. And this actually after coming back from five points down with six minutes to play in uh, as I said, in the final term. So well done. They've got the monkey off their back. They snapped the five game losing streak. They now get into the FIBA break. Uh, with their next game on Thursday, November 17, up against Southeast Melbourne at ROC Arena in a rematch from their one-point loss only a week ago. So there's no doubt they will want revenge uh, from that game, a game they probably should have won. Uh, so, you know, it could have slightly altered the ledger, but uh, they'll have to bounce back from that. So a good positive, the fact that they're on the board. Another good positive is the fact that Brady Manick, and I never, lo- never lost faith in him, was just a little bit unsure, and they just needed to get him the ball a little bit more. He's got runs on the board. He shot at 40, 40% from the three-point land, and on many, many attempts, not just 40% from, like, you know, t- shooting the ball 10 times. He had volumes of shots. I had faith in him, but I'm really glad for him. I'm not so much glad for the Wildcats. Of course, it's great, but I'm really happy for him that he was able to have a really big influence on the game. He was pivotal, influential, and uh, hopefully that it won't just be a flash-in-the-pan kind of performance from Brady Manick, and we can expect this. Not so much the 25 points, but I'd be happy 15 to 20 every single night. So lots of positives for the Wildcats. Finally, eventually. Maybe has restored some faith in uh, from the Red Army. So we'll see how they go up against Southeast Melbourne, who will be keen to bounce back themselves from a terrible performance against Melbourne United. All right, let's now get on to, of course, the turf. Let's talk a little bit of Thunder Sticks. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag flick in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark brings it in. Perth the other way, crossing in. Good ball. Yeah, so let's Wickham's talk there. a little bit let's of Thunder Sticks. Now the women, they got off to a terrific start and their finals bound after a 3-1 win against the Canberra Chill. Uh, the first score fell in the first minute of the match with Georgina Dowd, the beneficiary of her first ever Hockey One goal and conversion to boot. Uh, Penny Squibb, she also found the back of the net then in the sixth minute uh, before they conceded in the 24th minute, but it just wasn't enough to really mount a comeback from the chill. They will head into their bye round next week, short of finals action, but awaiting their opponent based on other results. And for the regular season, finishing second on the ladder, but of course are a game ahead of Canberra and New South Wales. So where they finish at the completion of the season is anybody's guess. But with New South Wales playing Canberra in the final round, it's an intriguing matchup for sure. 
the men. Well, their season pretty much done, more than likely. Uh, they went down 4-2 to two with uh, their result dropping them to third and needing other results to go their way with New South Wales and Tasmania hot on their heels with the game in hand. Matt Willis and Tom Wickham scored for the team, but as coach David Guest said after the game, it just came down to their opportunities having plenty of corners and shots on goal, but they just weren't dropping. So they have to work out how to turn those opportunities into scores. Now, as mentioned, both teams have a bye with the final uh, finals being played in Bendigo on Saturday the 19th and Sunday the 20th of November. So it's a wait and see for the men. Uh, the women are definitely guaranteed. It's just a matter of who they play. And uh, the men need a little bit of luck to go their way. So uh, we will keep you posted on that uh, next week. And we'll give you the uh, the upcoming games for the week after for the finals. But from a Thundersticks point of view, we're going to leave it for now. And uh, let's get back to the cricket pitch. And let's talk a little bit of Scorchers women. Handed shot. Squirts out to the offside. It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. This time it wasn't as hectic of a schedule as they have had previously. Um, Just quickly before we get into the games, Sophie Devine has smashed 1,000 runs for the Scorchers. So well played to you, Captain Sophie. And in their first game at Lilac Hill, it was two powerhouses of women's cricket going head-to-head as the Scorchers took on the Sixers. And it really just came down to a match-winning partnership of Chloe Paparo and Beth Mooney of 129 runs that helped seal the game. But let's just take a breath and go back as to how we got to that point. So let's break it down. Beth Mooney, she was a star. She hit the winning runs and got to 99 not out. But she had to do it the hard way. Uh, in fact, the whole team had to do it the hard way. They actually gave up 155 from the Sixers. Uh, with Alana King, she got back to her best. Uh, she had three for 27 with an economy rate of 6.75. Whilst Marazan Cap and Lily Mills, they bowled at an efficient 6.25 and six economy rate, respectively. And it was really just Elise Perry who they could not get out. Sophie Devine, she once again struggled, unfortunately. She got out for 10, but from one for 29, nine, sorry, one for 29, should we say, uh, the 41 not out from Paparo, from Paparo that's Chloe, uh, alongside player of the match, Beth, Beth Mooney, did enough. Now, the next game the following day was against another fellow contender in the Strikers, and despite batting first, they only managed to get to 119, losing many wickets along the way, uh, with key contributors being much-needed score from Captain Sophie Devine. She got 37 off 33. Mandy Green got 36 off 37. And Matilda Carmichael, 20 off 19. Uh, conceding 28 from the strikers' power surge, that really just took the game away from uh, from the Scorchers when they were certainly in a position to win. Uh and they were just in the game right up to the ears, but they just couldn't get wickets as Adelaide had done to them and stop momentum, with the Strikers chasing down the target with four overs to spare. Now, their next game will be on Wednesday up against Brisbane Heat, still at Lilac Hill. And as a result of the loss, they've actually dropped to fourth and are now one win behind both Brisbane, Adelaide, and Sydney. So... Whilst they did get over the line against the Sixers, they got whacked by Adelaide, and they now have another test coming up against Brisbane. So this is going to really determine where they stand in the pecking order and the stings. And there is at least a two to three uh, win gap between the top three, uh, or sorry, the top four, should I say, Brisbane, Adelaide, Sydney, 
and of course Perth are in that mix. But uh, it is a huge game to stay in the mix for that top two, which of course there's no doubt they will be looking to get into and uh, you know try to claim claim that kind of area. So we'll wait until Wednesday to see how the cards fall and come back to you next week uh, to see where they sit in the pecking order as they get to the very pointy end of their season. But we'll leave it there for the Scorchers and let's make our way over to the ballpark as we get closer to the first pitch being thrown and hopefully the first of many home runs being hit out of the ballpark if you don't mind. So let's talk a little bit of Perth Heat. It's a bit more important than someone's base hit. And here's a swing here for Glenn Denning. This one is back, and Robbie Glenn Denning swings away. It's a two-run shot, and the Perth Heat Just a very, very quick nothing. bit of Heat news, as they are only four one, sleeps uh, away from the season opener. Been a huge coup for the club. Six-time Claxton Shield winner Luke Hughes has returned to the club in a coaching support capacity to Andy Kyle. He will be in the dugout for games that don't clash with his commitments as man manager of the Morley Eagles Baseball Club, whilst Mark Pettit continues his role uh, as the pitchers coach and as already announced last month in a couple of our shows, uh, they've added more coaching experience with highly credentialed coaches from the Tampa Bay Rays in Levi Romero and Esteban Gonzalez. And lastly, uh, lastly, ladies and gentlemen, get down to the Empire Ballpark in Thornley for the return of ABL to Perth, but Australia in general. Baseball is back ladies and gentlemen as they take on the Adelaide Giants from November 11 to 13 on Friday at 7 p.m. Saturday at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. so double header there back-to-back baseball and Sunday at 4 p.m. with tickets still on sale for as low as $13 and you'll be able to find all of those times and and uh and price ticket prices they'll be on our socials uh, in our next post but uh yes it's uh, very exciting baseball is back Get down there. Get to the ballpark. I know that I'm going to be making my way down to a couple of games across the season because I'm very fortunate because it is quite close to home for me. And doesn't happen very often when you've got a, a WA domestic sporting team and their team is right around the corner from you. So I'm going to make the most of it. But uh, that's it from the heat. And we look forward to touching base with them next week. Hopefully with some good results. Maybe even a 4-0 clean sweep. But let's see how we go and how the ball falls our way. But hopefully it's hitting over the park. All right, we're done. We're dusted. That is it. That is the end of season three, episode four. Once again, we covered so much. I reckon we covered about eight and eight or nine games and about six or seven teams. Uh, it's hectic, uh, we're, and it's only getting busier and busier as we you know, ramp our way up towards the Scorchers men's men's season. That's going to be starting in uh, mid December. But there's just too much to talk about. Great to see the Wildcats get back on the winning track. Uh, of course, it's. We're coming up to finals time for the Thundersticks. Uh, the Warriors and the Glory, they're sort of still rolling along the lengths they certainly need to bounce back. And uh, there's just a little recap there. But of course, hopefully you listen to all the major detail and all the aspects. And ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to have you back on board listening, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening. Uh, we look forward to touching base with you and all of our WA domestic teams on the domestic sporting scene next week and from yours truly. At a bat. At Bat Banter, I'm out for now. <laughs>